Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Going back all the way to 2016, I've been talking Seahawks on my local radio station here in Montana with Anthony Knockreiner and his show, The Knock on Sports. But now he is moving back to his home state of Florida. So this is going to be my last time doing the show with him on KGEZ, unfortunately. So for this final show, we will be talking about the latest moves in free agency for the Seahawks, whether Seattle has done enough on defense to fill some of these departures, what the re-signing of Tyler Lockett means for the Seahawks, and some of the latest comments by Brandon Marshall in the Russell Wilson saga. Here it is, my talk with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock On Sports. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports and joining me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, another guest that has been with the Knock On Sports from the very beginning. It is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast. Brandon, it is great to chat with you. A little bittersweet as this will be the last time we at least chat on uh, on on the 600 KGEZ in the Knock On Sports. Oh man, you nailed the exact word that I was thinking of as you were giving that introduction. It it feels so bittersweet because I'm, I'm happy to be on on your last week of of doing the Knock On Sports. But man, oh man, for as many times as we as we've done this over the years, uh, it's it's kind of crazy that it's this is this will be the last one with KGEZ. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Like I said, I know you and I are going to still be in uh, uh, talking, obviously, when we get ready for the upcoming NFL season as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been crazy because you and I were just chatting about this. Like, you know, we go through, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, you know, 2019, and even last season as well. I, I got to imagine between the regular season stuff, the offseason conversations we've had. I mean, we got to be closing in on at least 100, if not more. Uh, times that we have chatted on this show yeah at least and yeah when when i first started talking to you and you know your tampa bay buccaneers they were just a, a lowly franchise and now look where they are anthony yeah it has changed but it, it took one year to change all that and also one individual to do that as well <laughs> that's true um speaking to that we'll get more into some memory lane stuff here in a little bit but brandon uh let's dive into some seahawks news as well uh first off let's just start with this uh jaron reed uh dunbar those two guys are gone uh some free agency moves have been made in terms of guys being let go what have you thought about some of the guys that are now now no longer seahawks yeah the quentin dunbar news it, it didn't bother me so much especially considering all of the offseason drama that came along with his signing last year and then once we got into the season he, he really didn't live up to the hype that kind of came along with him once the seahawks traded with him with washington you know they expected that they were going to get a, a corner to really pair opposite of shaquille griffin and th that really never worked out you know he played a couple of games he never really got healthy either and so it's it's just it never seemed to me like a priority for the Seahawks to keep him with the team. Really, the the bigger problem or or I guess the bigger uh, player that they're losing that you mentioned is Jaron Reed. And for a guy who led the team in pressures last year, he was up over 40. You know, he had eight and a half sacks. If you count the playoffs, he was an impact player on the inside of the defense. And it sounded like he may not have been in the Seahawks plans long term. And I, I get it from the sense of you can only pay so many guys, especially when you're talking about the interior of your defense. You know, there, there's guys that I, you see a lot of teams paying guys on the interior of the defense, and, and it really impacts where they can spend money elsewhere. And I just don't think that there's enough value to, to spend a, a huge amount of money. And they're already spending big. 
Uh, when you're talking about the middle of the defense, I'm not just talking about the defensive line. I mean, Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker, you know, they're paying him nearly $20 million a year. And I'm sure they're wanting to keep him on as a Seahawk for, you know, until he retires, considering what he's meant to the organization. I think they see Puna Ford as more of the long-term guy on the interior of the defense. And so Jaron Reed maybe just wasn't in those long-term plans. He wanted some long-term assurances from Seattle. It sounded like they just wanted to give him essentially a one-year deal, but spread that money out over multiple years. He Reed didn't want to do that. And ultimately that's why he was released. Looking at this here going forward, Brandon, because again, you know, losing some key guys on that defense, how do you feel about what they have to replace them with at this point? Or are they going to have to look to more free agency or the few picks that they do have in the draft? I think that we're going to be seeing what they do in the draft. I, I think veterans after the draft is over, that that may be where they look to supplement some of those other positions. In terms of a core, I think that really every place except for cornerback, it, it feels relatively solid coming from where they were last season and going into 2021. I kind of look at the, the Reed move as you know, subtracting $10 million on the defensive line on the interior and swapping that for Gabe Jackson, which they were able to restructure his deal too, but he was a $10 million player coming in. So I, I kind of see the move that way as shifting resources toward the offensive side of the ball. And on offense, really, they, they've been, they're kind of set to where they were last year with the upgrade to Jackson then at guard, losing Mike Upati. Um, and then it, pretty much everybody else coming back from last season Really, it's it's the defense and what I like to see him upgrade at center on the offensive line. Yes, at, at corner. Sure. Um, and then, you know, whether they bring KJ right back or, or how they see that shaping up on the defensive side, too. There's there's a couple different ways that they can go, but I, I, I don't feel like there's any real emergencies now that they've they've really focused on the offense and defensive line. What do you think about the Tyler Lockett extension? I like it a lot. It uh, he he keep it keeps him on the team for uh, through twenty twenty five. He's the only one under contract for the Seahawks uh, through twenty four and twenty five. And it's it's not. I think one of the things when we saw the deal come out and it was you know seventeen million dollar annual per season and uh, some people kind of hesitated at that a little bit. Some people and and personally, I wanted to see what the structure of it was going to be you know, once they laid out the the number of years over the five years, you know, would it be structured in a way that really was it only three year deal? Was it a true five year deal? And and really with the numbers that came out this week, it it really does look like the type of contract that's going to keep him in Seattle for a, a full five years, starting with 2021 and going through 2025, because you see his base salary escalate up to 15 million in 2024 and 2025. And if you're talking about the Tyler Lockett production that we've seen over the last two years, he can carry that through these next five years. If he's playing at that kind of level, that amount compared to the, the relative amount of the salary cap that it's going to be in 2024 and 2025, that's going to seem like the bargain that his contract has looked like really over the last couple of years. So I think this is something that really keeps Tyler Lockett in Seattle into his mid thirties. Does this put an end to any speculation to Seattle, maybe looking to try and get Antonio Brown on the roster then, because it does sound like Antonio Brown is weighing offers. He hasn't signed with Tampa Baltimore. I think is a team that's in the mix. And we know Russell Wilson at one time did want Antonio Brown. 
on that roster as well. So with the Lockett extension, do you still see the Seahawks maybe pursuing Antonio Brown for the right price? I think I don't think it puts it away to to answer your question because I I just think that if if Russell is continuing to pursue this idea of Antonio on the Brown Antonio Brown on the team, that conversation's still going to be there until he either signs in Seattle or signs somewhere else and somewhere else. And it it really does seem like those are the two options as of right now. So I I don't think it goes away, and I still think it it probably leaves the door open for Brown to come to Seattle if that's something that they're considering doing. Now, you know, there's other guys out there that I think that Marquise Goodwin's a, a name that I saw floating around there as a possible wide receiver three option. And for as much as the Seahawks use the third wide receiver, I, I just don't know if it's a, a huge priority and... You know, really, if if Brown is a guy who signs with the team, it, it looked like it, it didn't seem like Tampa was really forcing it to him outside of maybe one or two games late in the season. And so maybe that concern isn't there. I, I did have that concern uh, apart with I mean, there's all kinds of other concerns that come along with signing Antonio Brown, but uh, mm-hmm. trying to force feed a, a player like that just to keep them happy within the offense is one of the the bigger concerns in terms of on the field type stuff. And maybe that goes away now based on what we've seen last year. I, I I'm curious about that. Brandon talking about another player that could come to Seattle. This would be more of a reunion would be Richard Sherman. I believe he said he's open to a reunion. I, I don't know where talks are at this point, but just your thoughts on possibly getting Richard Sherman back in a Seahawks uniform. I'm definitely open to it. He's the best corner on the market out there right now. I know a lot of people looking at his play in previous seasons, you know, me included. You you wonder if he's taken the step back to the point where he can't be as effective as he once was. And yes, that's true, but he can still be more effective than any of the guys on the field for the Seahawks right now outside of of maybe DJ Reed. And, you know, with that, I, I still look at Richard Sherman's history as a veteran and and just what he's meant to the franchise. So I, I would love to have him back on the team. I know there's the questions of whether or not him and, and Russell Wilson still could uh, you know, coexist. And man, I just look at all of the support that he gave a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo down in San Francisco. I, I think maybe his mindset has changed a little bit uh, as, as the years have gone on. And, and so any types of concerns that, that anyone may have about him coming back to Seattle and, and the the kind of the big personality that he brings to, I I just I don't see that concern for me, and I man I'd love to have him back in Seattle. My feature guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. We'll get Brandon's thoughts on whether or not the saga between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks is over, or if this is something that's going to continue to simmer, at least as we get ready for more offseason workouts and ultimately training camp in just a few months. We'll discuss that next. We're talking the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks as we get through off-season storylines. The draft only a couple weeks away as we are now into the month of April. Uh, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawks and Field Goals podcast joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Uh, Brandon, let me get your thoughts here. Um, 
Russell Wilson, obviously we know how much that's been talked about in the off season, uh, Chicago. We, we talked about the last time you were on the show about the, the package that Chicago put together to try and acquire Russell Wilson. So let me get your thoughts on this. We haven't really heard anything. It seems like things are okay because if there's no news, then that's probably good news. But what do you think about the status of Russell Wilson? Do you think things are put to bed now? Well, we've gotten a couple hints this week as to where the two sides stand. And Carlos Dunlap in his press conference returning to the team, he said he sent a text to Russ, you know, wanting an assurance that he's going to be with the team coming up this year. And because, you know, he wasn't having it if there were he was going to have to sign on to coming back and having a, a new quarterback come in. So he did get assurances from Russ that he'll that he's definitely on board for this season. And, you know, whether it's long term, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about this, Anthony. Brandon Marshall, he was on the, the TV again here this week talking about how, you know, Russell Wilson, how, how it's all better now. It's all going away. That's uh, and, and Marshall was one of the guys saying that the, the relationship was broken initially. And now he's come full circle that that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson have met and sat down and and done all the things to to make it, uh, you know, a, a possibility for Russ to be in Seattle long term, kind of comparing it to the Kobe Bryant situation and basketball during kind of his mid-career fallout with the Lakers. But ultimately, he went on to retire as a member of the Lakers. So I don't know. It's It's been a really weird couple of months. And the only thing I can really hope is that, yes, it's over. But I until... Until they do something like sign a, a contract extension that goes out four or five years, you know, to keep him with Tyler Lockett under contract through 2025, this probably isn't going to go away until next season. And it'll probably bubble right back up and as long as the Seahawks, you know, as long as they don't win the Super Bowl, I suppose. Brandon, let me get your thoughts on this because the NFC West, we know how competitive it's going to be. So many acquisitions already, but now San Francisco making a move to jump to number three in the draft. Who knows what they're going to do? They sound like they're still behind Jimmy G, but they could go quarterback. Maybe they get a, a big time playmaker wide receiver. There's also a couple of those in this draft as well. But uh, your thoughts on what the 49ers did jumping all the way up to number three. There is no way that they're drafting anybody other than a quarterback, Anthony, for to give up two future first round picks to go up and get what a tight end or one of the top receivers or or a, a, a tackle when you know they just signed their their tackle to a, a huge contract. What was it? Six years, one hundred twenty million dollars. So I th- when you when you give up two future round first round picks to get up to the number three spot, they got to be going quarterback. And, you know, whether it's I, I mean, it, it seems like the consensus is Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two. And so then they have their pick of the guys that are left. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. Mac Jones seems to be the guy that everybody's talking about and you know, probably one of the more accurate guys. And and I even think that in that San Francisco system, I could see it making a lot of sense. But I I just don't know how much of an upgrade over Jimmy G Mac Jones really is. I mean, in that the, the reason why the 49ers did as well as they did went to a Super Bowl is because it feels like you can put any quarterback in there who is accurate, at, you know, in those mid and short ranges and can hit wide open guys. And so I, I feel like it's maybe a lateral move. And yeah, I suppose if you're going from paying 25 million for Garoppolo and you have that long term option that you're only paying 
third overall pick money too for the the five years within the deal. You know, maybe there's some sense that that makes there, but I, I feel like they would want to upgrade. And there's you know whether it's Trey Lance or you know or or uh, Fields, you know. They it seems to make more sense to me that they would want to upgrade and add a different dynamic to the Shanahan offense that they didn't have before. And I guess that's what has me worried about all this, Anthony, is that the 49ers have been making really good decisions over these last few years. And so to move up to get in that third spot, it just it makes it more likely that they can get their guy and and continue to be competitive with within this division and I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it it makes it fun in the sense of I guess everybody as football fans having a tough uh, a tough division. But I, you know, I just want to roll on to NFC West titles year after year. I don't want to have to worry about the Niners. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. I can totally understand that, uh, Brandon. As uh, like, listen, I mean, in the NFC South, I think Tampa Bay's going to roll to a title now that. <laughs> New Orleans is garbage. And I know the Panthers just traded for Sam Darnold and, you know, Matt Ryan still in division, but I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh, I can't say about the NFC West is it's gotten a lot more competitive. And yeah, I, I think just about every game is going to be a dog fight. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Brandon. We'll, we'll end with this in a little bit. Um, I know everyone's picking Mac Jones here, but Justin Fields and just how dynamic he is and what a dual threat he brings to the table. Uh, what do you think about him if the 49ers were to bring him to the table? That's what I think that they have to go with fields because man, I just, I look at some of the plays that he's able to make and it reminds me of Russell Wilson in the sense of being able to extend plays, make guys miss and then hit you know those big plays downfield. And I have to think that if you, if you're, if you're content with Jimmy Garoppolo, and why not just stay there, stay and 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 keep him and then upgrade your team in other ways? Um, it just it makes so much more sense to me to go with a guy like Fields. And then you have that added dynamic to the offense, which it and, and like I said before, that's what scares me. Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Uh, Brandon, I can't say thank you enough. You've been with this show from the very beginning. I know this isn't the end for us. I know we're going to continue to chat, especially when the NFL season rolls around. Uh, but again, I can't say thank you enough for what you've meant to the show and how much you have brought to the show and how much you've helped my show as well when we talk about the NFL and uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So thank you so much, man. Oh, it's been fun doing this. I mean, we got to go out and, and watch the Bucks get beat by the Seahawks live. Uh, in Century Link Field, and and so now I'm I'm hoping that now that uh, if you're heading back to the Tampa area, that now I can go see the Seahawks beat the Bucks in their home stadium too, and that it will just complete this this circle of NFL fandom we've had over the last few years. <laughs> I don't know about uh, the Seahawks beating the Bucks this time. <laughs> Jameis Winston's not going to help you out. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, definitely, Brand. Like I said, that's something I thought about. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, um, you know, I'm hoping to go to a couple Bucks games this year. And you know, I think I don't know where we are at in terms of the rotation. I think maybe next year the NFC West plays uh, the NFC South. But one way or another, definitely, I will get you down to Florida, and we will def definitely uh, go see a Seahawks Bucks game. As long as you know Seattle is at least playing in Tampa Bay. Sometimes they throw that one off. Yeah, that's true. I will have to see how it works out. It, it's it's eventually going to happen that they have a game back down there in Tampa. And I don't know, maybe if we have to travel and and go to a game in Carolina and then we can both root for the Seahawks, maybe that works out too. 
Oh, there you go. There you have it, folks. Brandon Schultz joining us right now. Brandon, thank you again so much, man. You have yourself a great rest of your night. Always appreciate it. Going to miss doing this uh, on KGZ, Anthony. But uh, like you said, hopefully we can keep doing this. And, uh, you know, you can come on my show anytime. 